everyone. Welcome to Nerds of a Feather, a place where nerds flock together to talk about all things fun, creative, and nerdy. I'm your host, Parker Randalls. I'm your co-host, Mark Williams. And I'm your co-co-host, Noah Helsey. Thanks for joining us. We are back by unpopular request. Today we are going to be talking about DC <laughs> and Marvel. Um, one of our Discord members actually requested that we talk about this particular topic. Shout out to so, the Big Red. That's right. We love Donnie. And so we're doing this in honor of him. We, uh, we were talking before we started just about that we, most of us didn't listen, like watch the comic or read the comics as much as kids. So we'll mostly be talking about like the last 10 years or so of movies that have come out and then some of the TV shows as well. But we might also talk about some of the, like the 10 years before that as well, because I think X-Men came out in like 2000. So we're kind of going to move past the, the last really 20 years and maybe even before that, but specifically the last 10 years with the MCU and then like the DC expanded universe. But before we get into it, we wanted to say that we're actually didn't plan this obviously we couldn't have planned this we wouldn't have wanted to plan this but we are recording this the morning after chadwick boseman died um last night the news broke that he had passed away from colon cancer after fighting for i think it was four years and during the time i was reading stuff on twitter last night during the time that he had colon cancer he recorded like or he he started like four four or five movies like big budget movies where he had to get like jacked and then slim and then like jacked again like while he was having like leukemia treatments and stuff wow just crazy and so but anyway we just wanted to throw that out there and just our admiration for him and all that he's done for representation in in superhero movies because he was like probably the first um (laughs) big budget super successful superhero movie that had like a mostly black cast and the movie was amazing and we might talk about that later but we just wanted to give our our brief and in no way uh what he deserves tribute to him but we just wanted to briefly mention that what are you gonna say mark i was just like saying like yeah yeah Yeah. so wakanda forever wakanda forever forever. he was a beautiful man he gave us he gave us so much and uh, also, I know it was this last night, but this is not related to DC or anything, but he also was, um, I don't know if either of you have seen the movie 42, but he mm-hmm. was the star. He played Jackie Robinson, 42. And last night, um, I don't know if they had already planned this ahead of time, like if it was, because someone had tweeted about Jackie Robinson Day, so I'm not sure if this was like a thing to plan ahead of time or it was because of the boycott this week and the protests for Black Lives Matter, but they, all of the players on at least one of the games that I was watching, they all wore 42 last night. Like, all the players on both teams to honor Jackie Robinson. And that was the wow. night that Chadwick Boseman died, and he had played him in that movie. Which I was just like, wow, that's that's crazy. So, anyway, we love you, Chadwick. We hope you can hear us. And thank you for all everything that you gave us. I know it's it it's hard to go into this conversation, especially because I know Noah and I and Mark for sure. Like we thought Black Panther, I mean, arguably one of the best MCU movies, um, both from a visual aspect, but also just from the performances. Like, I mean, I love Black Panther, and I think it's it's telling that 
Chadwick was able to give such a strong character for his community, but uh, just by strength of personality and performance and ability, he he's brought in um, so many other people can still identify with his character. And I, I think, I don't know, there, like Noah said, there's just not enough words to say what he did. Uh, and then even outside of the MCU, I mean, like he was Jackie Robinson. I think he was also uh, Thurgood Marshall. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. I mean, like he played these really powerful black men through history who just had such an impact on the world that we know. And so, I mean, he's Chadwick is a superhero in so many ways outside of just the MCU. So yeah, I I last night, Oprah actually tweeted. She said she called him a gentle spirit or something like that. And I was like, I felt like that was a really beautiful term. Like when you watch him like talk, you could see he had this like, Genu- he seemed like he had this genuine like kindness and care for people, you know, even the like the fans and the people he would interact with. He just had this like deep, like generous heart about him, which is beautiful. So if you haven't seen his um his speech at Howard, it was making it was people were circulating. It's like two years ago, but people were circulating around it last night after he had died. It's really it's cool. It was very powerful. So it was does be a good thing to check out if you're interested in doing something to honor him or you can just go watch his movies as well to <laughs> honor him so um yeah i would say when i first saw black panther as we like get into our conversation about more and the mcu and dc when i first saw black panther i was mesmerized by killmonger and thought t'challa was super boring and as i watched it later i started just think about like what an amazing character t'challa is like he's not because he has the more like he's not as um like he's a forceful character, but because he's so different from Killmonger in the movie and they're kind of, you know, like diametrically opposed, I don't think I took like I think I took for granted like how great Chadwick Boseman's performance was in that film and how yeah. he just he did such he just so portrayed the like this guy who is strong and is wrestling with his own anger the things that have happened and he did this really well in civil war as well like you can see the rage that he has at his dad dying but then he also wants to um lead his people to more than what they've been basically saying in the scene when he is in this plane and he confronts all of his previous ancestors like all these people who have gone before him and he says all of you were wrong like i can you imagine how hard that would be to look at all these people that have like gone before you who you respect so much and he's like crying as he's saying like no you were wrong we can't just hoard what we have. We have to share with the rest of the world. And I, anyway, I just think that scene is super powerful and I just have a lot of respect for him and his performances. So. Black Panther came out. We had the conversation about Black Panther and we we're like, man, uh, Killmonger almost completely overshadowed, shadowed, uh, uh, Chadwick Boseman. And we we're like, it almost made me not care about uh, T'Challa, mm-hmm. but now, like, like you just said, like rewatching it, we actually like it back. Yeah, you can actually see the strength in the gentleness. It's not as a loud or as boisterous mm-hmm. as Killmonger, but it's a more of a silent leader. Mm-hmm. While Killmonger is like, "Look at me, I'm the best." Yada yada yada. Right. Chadwick Boseman, uh, T'Challa was just like very calm, collected, still dealing with those internal battles, same, mm. basically almost the same battles that Killmonger was, but his response was so opposite from Killmonger's. And so, like, growing up a little bit, I can now see that and see 
the maturity in T- uh, T'Challa's character versus Killmonger's response. And like, I can just kind of see that comparison now since I've matured, I've grown. It's really cool how you can rewatch movies and be like, in our own maturity, we can see uh, the same movie and just see it slightly different yeah. and just be like, oh, Appreciate there's 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 what I missed. Yeah, and like even thinking about like how they're both products of their environment. Like T'Challa had parents who loved him. He grew up in a place of like privilege, basically, because he was the king of his whole group of people. You know, he was the highest, you know, as high as he could go in that in that country, which is isolated from the rest of the world. And like um, Killmonger, who I can't remember his like actual name in the Peterson. Was it? No, 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 no. Hang on. Michael B. Jordan. Jordan no, B. No, Peterson. Uh, I meant, I meant oh. like his non superhero name in the story itself. I yeah, can't remember okay. his name. Jordan B. But, Peterson's off that topic. <laughs> like, yeah. not totally <laughs> different, was, not related. Totally different. But Killmonger grew up like poor in, I think, San Francisco in the movie. And like his whole life had to fight for everything that, you know, and you can just see like sad, the sad, it's like sad how like he you can see how their environments like shaped who they were, you know, and like how that lack of care and lack of safety turned him into a guy who just was basically would kill for whatever he you know wanted. And I think that's why the, the end of the movie is so beautiful because it's not like a vindictive, like when he dies, it's not like, a, yeah, you're evil. You should die. It's like this sad thing of like, you never should have, this never should have happened. Like so much of this wasn't even your fault. Like you should have been here with us the whole time, you know? And that's what T'Challa even says. So, Anyway, it's a great movie. In fact, I was thinking that we we actually did a whole we did an episode about Black Panther on the original iteration of the podcast like two years ago. Um, we did a whole episode on it, and I was like, "That's that's crazy that like that was two years ago, and now here we are, you know." And he's he's not with us anymore. So, dang. Anyway, well, yeah, I know. Well, uh, <laughs> tell you what, let's kind of let's start off with discussing a little bit let's compare the movie universes and talk a little bit about okay. why maybe we enjoy mcu a little bit more maybe some things about the extended the dc extended universe some things that we liked maybe didn't like and we can kind of deep dive into there so mark if you want to start us off tell us a little bit about like your opinions just kind of on the maybe your and I guess we should preference this by saying we're not necessarily saying that the MCU is greater than the DC Extended Universe. We, I'm sure that we have fans of both who listen. Uh, it's more of our own our own opinions, I guess is the best way to say it, why we perceive the MCU to be a little bit more successful, both from a financial standpoint, but it also seems to receive better reviews, garner better praise. And so, Mark, if you kind of want to start us off. Yeah, so... Looking at it statistically, the MCU is way more financially um, profitable. Um, means like their movies have made more money than um, the DC universe, which I think if you want to like judge a movie by how much people enjoy it, you should look up how much they go back to see a movie and rewatch it. Um, like unrelated to DC or Marvel, like when Zootopia came out, I really enjoyed it. And I went and saw it five times in theaters. <laughs> and so like there there's um, probably going to be those people. If you want to look at like the success of a movie, you should look up how many times 
um people go back and rewatch it and like the box office sales of the MCU um is more is higher than the uh DC universe. And so to me that just like automatically reads like people enjoy the MCU a little bit more. I personally enjoy the MCU versus the DC extended universe. Um because it's I have to use it's more real. Again, you're we're talking about superheroes, so it's it's hard to talk about realness, but it's more it looks more real compared to um the DC uni- extended universe cuz the way it's shot is the uh MCU is shot in a very unsaturated, very realistic looking movie. Most of them are. Well, if you go to flip over to the DC universe, you have I think Zack Snyder directed some of the mm-hmm. um DC movies and it's this completely full saturation color, a lot of contrast, a lot of like stark realities which just makes it look more uh, like not natural. It's not like what we see. It's not natural to our eye because it's so the colors are so pushed. So I like the naturalness of the MCU and the way it's shot because like New York looks like New York. I just thought of this actually. Um so this is the analogy I would use for my personal life for how I would like look at the Marvel and DC is uh Disney animation versus like Dreamworks. So I love Disney animated movies like love them have so i mean have seen every single what they used to call them classics and now they don't call them anymore but it's basically films released by Disney animation studios and then there are different studios beyond that but basically i've seen all every single one of them at least once and i've seen all the pixar movies at least once and i would say that disney puts out a consistently great product like throughout time there have been some movies that haven't been great but they put out a really good product but if i were to rank like what's your top five favorite animated movies of all time like maybe three of them would be dreamworks even though dreamworks hasn't made as many movies that i love they've made like three or four that were just fantastic (laughs) like they have these like occasional like wow that was so good like the prince of egypt and um how to train your dragon and um i love kung fu panda i know that's a sillier one but like i think that movie's amazing and so it's so good and like and so they're just there are these moments where it's like, wow, this is great. And so as it pertains to the MCU and DC, I think I, I kind of look at it similarly where it's like the MCU, I think, is consistently like better for me. Like, I just think it's like because there was a unified vision. And I think DC's biggest mistake was in trying to like copy that without having the same unified vision instead of just making like great movies. Um, but if you were to say, like, what are some of the best superhero movies of all time? Like I would put Logan up in there and I would obviously I put all three of the Dark Knight trilogy movies up in there because they're amazing. And I don't know if we can even count those because Christopher Nolan doesn't make anything that's not good, but because he's just a genius. But that might be another podcast. That might be another podcast episode unto itself just about Nolan and how amazing he is. But they've made some really great films and Wonder Woman was very, very good. But it's like there has the, the like tone isn't the same if that makes sense. And they've had a couple that just were total flops. And I don't know if that was because of the direct like, director didn't wasn't allowed to do what he or she wanted, or because they just didn't have a unifying vision. But 
there really isn't a precedent for what the MCU was. Like no one's ever made that many movies with that consistent of a storyline over that long of a period of time that were that financially successful. Like it's kind of, it's crazy. Like no one's ever done anything like that before. So that's how I would look at it. It's like one is consistently, um, you know, like just good, just really good and has some spectacular movies in there. And the other one I would say isn't, doesn't feel as unified, but then has a movies every so often. I'm like, wow, that was like exceptional. So that's something that I thought about. Yeah. And it's kind of hard to, I don't know. Cause there's so many factors because on the surface, it, you kind of look at it and a lot of the things are similar. They receive similar budgets, both, um, both universes have pretty big name actors and actresses. It's not like they're getting, you know, they're not getting the, like the B list actors. They're getting right, A list exactly. actors, uh, and they're also getting like A list directors. I mean, like they're they're getting people who are known in the field. So, on all the tangibles seem to be the same. I think Noah, you you hit it really well. The unifying vision when you're going to create a cinematic universe, quote unquote. I think having a central driving force. So whether we think it's good or bad, having Disney kind of have their death grip on Marvel kind of allowed them to guide the universe. Like they had very careful writing. It was like, yes, you can do this a little bit, you know, air quotes, but we're still making – this is like the end goal. Like this is the end game. Where yeah. with, you know, with the DC, like they had issues with directors like hopping on and off. And now even like one of the the, um, the Snyder cut of the – yeah. Like, I mean, there's this whole fight about, well, this wasn't my vision. And so, like, an old director is now kind of fighting the new director. And then, like, that, you know, they ruined the film because they didn't do that. And so there's kind of this infighting that, you know, the mouse crushed any infighting that happened in the MCU. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I think it is such a balance. I think you point to it because there have been times where Disney has tried too hard to control it. And it was a mm -hmm. disaster. Exactly. Yeah. Just go watch The Rise of Skywalker if you need proof like of Disney trying way too hard to make stuff the way they wanted it and not actually allowing the super talented people they had hired to do what they were capable of. And yeah. it was a disaster. Just, just, I mean, <laughs> everyone can have their opinion and, you know, every all, all, all views and you can love whatever you want. But The Rise of Skywalker is a terrible movie and I will not I will not be taking any counter arguments at this time. It's a disaster. <laughs> Because because it's so clearly the money of the studio trying to make the movie rather than the creativity of the directors. In MCU, I think they managed to marry those as much as they could. And so like when you watch specifically the four movies that the Russos made, which to me are like my favorite four of the of all of the MCU, you can see like their personality and their vision. But they're still they still managed to get all of the, the people in there that they needed, you know? And so like I think it is a balance because when you're working with a lot of people, you have to have some sort of unifying vision, right? But if it's too overpowering, then you're not gonna allow the people to be creative with like the performances to like be creative, you know. Like um I think Robert Downey Jr. is a great example of like they like sort of built the character around him and he ended up being like the perfect person for that character. And even though the character changes and his performances are different from movie to movie and you can kind of see the different directors flavor making an appearance, it's still him. Like he was the, he was that central figure that everyone sort of like, you know, rallied around and because he was such a, 
they allowed him to be Robert Downey Jr. Essentially, that made all the other actors uh, like it let them be themselves too. And even like I love like even Thor. Like Thor started out one way, and then Chris Hemsworth told the director, told Taika Waititi, and even the rest is like, I don't like myself in these anymore. I don't like how I'm being portrayed. And they said, okay, let's change it. And then you see more of Chris Hemsworth personality coming into the character and it's so much better like people loved Thor. you can actually whenever. like understand like he you can actually get in this those movies like he loves being thor like he mm-hmm. loves that version of thor because it's something about like the genuineness of like if you enjoy the character you're going to act a lot better like you're going to be a better actor because you actually enjoy it you actually enjoy what who you're acting compared to the original thor who is this very strict stoic. brooding yeah. stoic character which is not chris Hensworth. so he's just acting he had no like heart or emotion behind it but he's an actor so he got paid to do it but like when the goofiness came out he's like oh this is someone i can embody i i think i like it too because that felt very natural it wasn't like it wasn't like they just gave a new thor like there was kind of context of like he spent all this time with Iron Man, who is like witty and kind of sharp, he spent, you know, he spent time with Captain America, who I think, you know, you know, does a really good job of writing the balance between he's got these snarky little comments, but it's still Captain America, like it's still the heart of the Avengers. And so Thor is having all these other influences. And so, you know, in the start of Ragnarok, when he's monologuing in the cage and just kind of being silly, it doesn't feel forced or fake. It's like, oh, no, he's he's been you can it's like, oh, there's Iron Man. Like, you know, there, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's also, uh, there's Black Widow. Like, you know, like there's all these other characters he spent time with. He also goes through so much pain. So it kind of mm-hmm. makes sense that he's like, I can't be this caricature of myself anymore. I have to be my genuine self, you know, and so. Yeah, I just love his character progression. I think all of this, so the MCU is just, they just did such a good job with casting. Like, specifically the the OG three, you know, Iron Man, Thor, and Captain America. The, like, the three that had standalone movies first. Oh, I forget the Incredible Hulk, but they changed his actor, so I don't have to talk about that one, because he mm-hmm. became a different actor, because Mark Ruffalo took over for Edward Norton. Anyway, but, like, I can't, it's hard for me to imagine anyone else playing either either of those three characters specifically like i think of chris evans i think of captain america chris hemsworth i think of thor robert downey jr i think of iron man like they're they're synonymous in my mind because they did such a great job and of the three i would say chris evans is probably the least like his actual character in real life and he's talked about that in interviews of like love chris evans (laughs) he's just he's a wonderful person but he's just He's very different from like the character of Captain America in real life. Like his personality like is totally a huge different. prankster on oh, yeah. set. He, he like totally messes goofball. with people all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's such a goofball. And he plays this character who's like But then you also see like, but he also like is very like active in real life, like politically active, and he like advocates for people who don't have a voice. And that's exactly what Captain America does as well. So you can see those those even there, the like things that really matter to them so i would say all the casting has been great but especially those originals like six you know i think of the that actor and i think of that hero like they just they did such something about it felt so genuine that for some reason with 
the DC movies as much. They don't feel quite the same way other than probably Gal Gadot and Wonder Woman. She's the one that I like immediately think, oh, that's like I see her. I think of Wonder Woman, you know. See, I I was going to say I was going to defend. So I know that there's different opinions on Superman, but Henry Cavill as Superman. He's such a talented actor. (laughs) He like to me, it makes sense. Like he looks like just like exactly. A face. I, I don't know. I'm not I'm not gonna say how the movies went. I personally thought Man of Steel is a great movie to turn on an airplane or fall asleep to. Like it's fun to like watch the first <laughs> few like, but uh I, I'm not crapping on it if you love it. I'm just saying uh it sucks because when you watch him in like The Witcher, mm-hmm. oh my god, he's perfect. I mean, like this guy can act like his range is stupid. Yeah, uh and so I, I I love him as Superman. And and that's the thing. I really I'll be honest, all of the people who play the, like their Justice League characters, I, I think they really fit the roles, the casting as well. It's just when you put the darn writing over those characters and they're having to deliver these like terrible lines and stuff, and it's like <laughs> you feel so bad for them because you're like, I, I've seen you in other movies, and I'm like, you are an A-list talent getting C-list Momoa. <laughs> Jason Momoa like, as Aquaman is perfect. Like, but even his writing, he'd just go, yeah. Done. That's a line. <laughs> That's a line for Aquaman. I'm like, you're you're Cal Drogo. Like how like it just doesn't make sense to me. Like you you're you're perfect. Like you are Aquaman. You look exactly actually not not exactly not true to the comics. Anyways. Uh but he's perfect for Aquaman. And it's but it's yet, funny that oh go ahead. It still just falls short for me. It's funny that even though even though he the movies haven't been as successful like he's still iconically linked with aquaman to the point where steven adams who plays for the thunder people will say he looks just like aquaman because of jason momoa specifically like i don't know if that comparison like with steven adams and aquaman would have even happened had jason momoa not portrayed him in the dceu so like even there it's like the, the actors like fit. I mean, I would say for sure, Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman, Henry Cavill, is it Cavill or Cavill? I don't know how you pronounce his last name. I think it's Cavill. Cavill is Superman. And then Jason Momoa's Aquaman. Those three for sure. I've, I haven't seen any of the movies with Ben Affleck as Batman, I'll be honest. So I have no idea how he does as Batman. When I think of Batman, I think more of Christian Bale's uh, portrayal in the Dark Knight movies. But those three are like, like physically they fit the role perfectly. Like they look exactly like how you'd imagine Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, but then also just the way they portray the character feels very authentic, you know, to how you would imagine them to be. But for some reason, it's like they weren't able to merge that as well. Like, and I don't know if that's, again, we don't, I don't know if that's because it, if it's just like the writing wasn't as great or if it was because like the studio got in the way of the people that were wanting to write or what give a quick caveat because i do know this from dc comics aquaman they changed the way aquaman looks aquaman was originally white and blonde right <laughs> not uh islander and yes. long dark hair so yes. i will give that he doesn't look exactly like the original aquaman but yet somehow the look still fits Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, like, I wanted to give that quick caveat. Sure, like, sure, he yeah. doesn't look like the original Aquaman. Fully mm-hmm. aware of that. I wanted, I do want to recognize that because I think that'd be really disingenuous if we don't recognize, like, see that. But yet, they 
branded it where you're like, oh yeah, that totally works as Aquaman. So I think, you know, we've spent some time because this whole episode is meant to be Marvel and DC kind of a comparison. So we've spent some time on the extended universes for both films. Let's talk a little bit about the films that are not included in those universes that exist outside of it. Yes. I So I will say outside of like the MCU, I think DC kicks the crap out of Marvel. So like I think of like the Dark Knight trilogy uh, versus like the Fantastic Four films. They're okay films, but like Dark Knight is like Dark Knight's like top so cinematic good. movies outside of superheroes. Like those are it's, great films. I regardless. think the Dark Knight is like two or three on IMDb's top movies ever. Like only after like Shawshank Redemption, and The Godfather. Like it's 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 like that that good. Like people love yeah. it that much, which is crazy. Exactly. So Noah, if you want to tell us maybe your favorite DC film. And I might have already said outside yeah, of that. Yeah, outside of the extended universes. So I I love the Dark Knight trilogy. I rewatched it earlier this year and I was just like, gosh, Nolan is such a genius. I've actually watched several Nolan films this year. I watched The Prestige again. We watched Interstellar a couple like last week. Oh, just he's brilliant. Anyway, I love him. So um I actually loved the original Spider-Man trilogy with Toby Maguire. I know people like hate like make fun of those. The first two the writing in the first two was very good. This is the thing I loved about those movies that I don't think even the MCU captured until late in the MCU, like the last couple of movies, maybe with the Russos. But in all three of those original Spider movies, Spider-Man movies, there's like one scene that is super emotional. There's always that one scene where there's that one line that just can will get you emotionally, whether it's about forgiveness, whether it's about like what it means to be a hero. You know, people make fun of the Uncle Ben line of like with great power, like don't even like in the spider in uh, Spider-Man into the multiverse. He's like, don't say it because <laughs> it's been so overused. But like, it's really cool. Like, and so even though if you go back and watch those movies now, like obviously the action and the graphics are not going to hold up because it was like 2003, 2005, 2007, and a lot of people didn't like the third movie as much because there were so many villains and it just felt like there was so much going on. But I think those three movies are often forgotten, like that they were they're actually really good writing. Spider-Man 2 is still considered by some to be one of the greatest superhero movies ever, just because just the writing of it, just the what happens to the character and his interaction with the villain as almost like a father figure who's a mentor. But then he realizes at the end that he's actually this villain but he's been taken control by his creation so he's not actually a bad guy like it's just there's a lot of depth there and there's a lot of complexity and i i've always had a fondness in my heart for those and i don't think personally i don't think any of the other spider movies after that as much as i love tom holland i don't think any of the other movies recaptured that until into the spider-verse came out which was spectacular so yeah i i would venture to say just to briefly note that without Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, I don't think we have an MCU in the same no, way that we would not. Like without Iron Man 1, we probably also don't have an MCU, but I don't mm -hmm. think we get to Iron Man 1 if Tobey Maguire mm -hmm. doesn't have those Spider-Man films that are beloved. So They uh, were super which, successful financially, even though people don't – like I don't think – people have just kind of forgotten about them. And I don't think it's because they were bad. I think it's just because – they're easy to make fun of a little bit because people like to make fun of Tobey Maguire, which I think is kind of unfair. It's kind of unfair. He's like Spider-Man's kind of supposed to be goofy, you know, like and I, yeah. I thought he was I thought he did a great I, I always appreciated those. But I agree with you. If those hadn't been super successful, then Iron Man, I don't think ever would have happened, which is where everything else came from. 
So you've told us your Marvel. What about your DC? Is it Dark Knight? It would be the Dark Knight trilogy, but I would also say Logan, which is outside of the oh. DCU. Oh, Logan oh, is Marvel. I'm Marvel. sorry. Yeah, Logan. Marvel. Logan is X Men. I forget about X Men. Is like I know X Men is Marvel, but it's like because of the copyright stuff. It hasn't. They haven't been a part of the MCU as much. Like there haven't been that many X Men characters in the MCU. So I love mm-hmm. Logan as well. That's outside. But I would say yeah, it'd be the Dark Knight trilogy outside of the MCU. That would be what I, one that I like a lot. Those those are awesome. What about you, Mark? So for DC, for me, it's not a movie, but I've been watching The Flash uh, on the Flash TV show. And it's something me and Michaela have been watching over the basically, I think we started in November and we're now on season five and there are six seasons out. It's a really good. Like how they build the characters, it's a really good TV show. It constantly wants you to come back the way they build their villains um season four's villain was probably one of the best thought out villains probably i've ever seen and heard of he's called the thinker <laughs> I like that. and he's the 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 way they portrayed him the way they wrote him the way they uh figured out how to de- defeat him the way all that it was very, very, very well done. And I think it was one of the best, most unique villains because he wasn't strong in any physical sense. Like he wasn't like he was he had ACLS. He like so his brain was really smart, but his body was deteriorating. And so he had to come up with a way for his body to like maintain its health. It, the entire way he figured out how to do that, he created bus metas and inhabited the bus, took the bus metas powers to make his own perfect body so he can, where he can never die. That's crazy. Mark, is the the Flash part of the Arrowverse? Like, the, yes. I know there's, like, there's an extended TV universe, which I think, I think maybe we end our, uh, after Mark finishes kind of his thought, I think maybe we wrap up our conversation with discussing why the DC TV shows have been so much more successful than the Marvel uh, Marvel TV shows. Uh, but yeah, continue your thought, Mark. I'm sorry. You're good. Um, so yes, it is part of the Arrowverse. So you have Arrow, you have the Flash, you have Le- uh, the Legends, uh, Supergirl, and I think there's one more I'm missing, but I can't remember. I mostly have just been watching the Flash. Um, but I think something that the DC Arrowverse does really well is it it takes the marvel the mcu like the story and the continuous thought uh, arc and it breaks it down into a tv show which i think um they do a really good job of of like they have the continuous plot and you see all the characters they have crossover episodes uh pretty frequently it's actually really good um sometimes i skip them because they don't pertain to each show's story at the time but it makes it feel connected it makes it feel like the flash will go run over to um the city where the arrow is and talk to uh um i am forgetting his name but talk to the arrow about advice of like what to do and then he'll run back to where he's uh to the city where he is because he's just like i don't know what to do let me go talk to the arrow and come back that happened early on in the show but i think it's a really good way like 
TV, I think D, the DCU uh, Arrow cinematic, not cinematic. Oh my gosh, the Arrow uh, television universe. Thank you. <laughs> I think they're using TV the way it's supposed to be used, while MCU used movies the way it was supposed to be used. So I think TV Marvel has not been able to create a TV show to match Arrowverse yet. And I'm real I think TV is an untapped potential for a long extended show where you can see some cool growth in characters and see character development that way that I think hasn't been tapped into by the um Marvel universe. That's what I was trying to say. I got stumbled up. I'm done now. <laughs> I would say too that Marvel is planning to do that. Um, with their new stuff that they're going to put out on Disney Plus, they have all these shows that they're planning to launch. I'm very interested to see. I don't know. I'm just interested to see how that goes personally, because one thing I've argued about, one of my friends, Angie, we've argued about this before. I've said it's really hard to take characters who were supporting characters and then turn them into main characters. I think. I think throughout time, people have the the worst example of this is like Cars 2 where they're like we're going to make a movie about Mater and it's like oh Mater should definitely not be the main character he's perfect as a supporting character not as the main character so like those other characters that have been great in like more supportive roles I'm just interested to see how that goes with them moving forward like as the main roles you know and they could be really good because the characters themselves are very well written they're portrayed by super talented actors but I just wonder if they're going to be able to produce the like buy-in from people because the MCU has been around for so long and we've seen so many movies and Endgame had such this final feeling, if people are going to stay connected or going to kind of check out. No, maybe not even through any fault of their own, but just because they're like people are just interested in other things. So, but it'd be really cool if they could because the characters that they're wanting to make movies about, like Cap, um, oh gosh, like Wanda and Vision, and then. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Bucky and Sam, like the, those could be like those actors and characters are like amazing characters and they could be very successful. But I, I don't know. I just wonder about it. So this is this is the thing. Maybe not concerned about, but I think that DC did well was and it kind of insulated their TV shows. They did not connect the cinematic universe mm -hmm. to the TV universe directly. I know that there's one point where Ezra Miller, uh, Ezra Miller, who plays the Flash in the the extended universe, he shows up in an episode of the Flash. Uh, I think for mm -hmm. like, but it's like super small, and how they explain it away is like this multiverse theory, right? Like right. he's not like a primary part of it. So I think that they were really smart in saying that they they've kind of separated the two so that if. I think it's it's twofold the reason they did that. One from a like financial business standpoint, they're kind of hedging their bets. So if the movies aren't great, they don't destroy the TV show in the process. Uh, I think Marvel is kind of yeah. like doing an opposite bet where they go, our movies were so successful, we're really hoping we can translate that into our TV shows by using similar characters. Uh, but I also think they did that from a literary standpoint, like a storytelling standpoint, in that. They can tell two separate stories and they don't have to be connected. So they kind of get to tell more than one story about The Flash. They get to tell more than one story about Supergirl. It doesn't have to be related to the movies. And I think with Marvel, uh, I think they're going to try to, but they're still going to be uh, like pigeonholed into like 
So one division, I think it's going to be kind of wonky. I think there's going to be multiverses and stuff, but like for like Sam and Bucky, they're going to kind of have to tell stories within the universe of like post Thanos. You yeah. know, they, they almost have to, it's not like they're going somewhere else. And so I I'm going to be interested to see, I hope it works out uh, right now. Um, that remains to be seen. DC is definitely the king of television shows, uh, which is funny because I always thought comic books would be told better through TV shows because they're very episodic. Uh, yeah, episodic. Like, I mean, they're released once a month. There's always some different adventure. Uh, like, it would just make more sense to, like, you know, uh, edition three of the November release would make would be a lot easier to put into like one or two episodes than it would be to try to surmise all of it in one movie. <laughs> Uh, you know, or if, or if it's like you're going to tell like a story arc, it, it's easier to tell it with, you know, if you have a, a 14 episode season of 30 minutes, it's a little easier than trying to cram it into the two hour movie. Because once you get to two hours, it's kind of getting long. Yeah, so I think that's a great point. And I, I was think- going to mention like the comic books, like they have an entire bank of stories that they could use that they can just translate because not everyone read comics, but everyone not everyone, but a good majority watches television. And so they have the bank of stories that they could use that they can just translate into TV shows, or they can draw inspiration from years of comics and like just translate that into TV. So I think that is a really good point to bring up of like, it is more episodic. It does fit more with TV. And so having that bank of shows and content through the comics is I hope that they use that and translate it into shows. This uh, conversation has made me nostalgic. Now I want to go rewatch all the, the three original Spider-Man movies and I want to rewatch the X-Men movies <laughs> and I want to rewatch the one I really want to rewatch is X-Men first class. Cause I think that movie was like really, really good, but it's not on Disney plus yet because they they're still like transitioning where they have the rights to some things, but they don't have them all in there yet. So anyway, but it's been good. Well, I think we can all agree that there are things to love about both DC and yep. MCU. How lucky are we that we have two different universes to experience different types of mm-hmm. stories. And I'll tell you what I'm really looking forward to is the DC versus Marvel crossover. <laughs> just, I, I, don't know. Uh, I don't know if they'll ever do that. Uh, it would be a lot of fun to watch them try to figure out the, you know, like a ascended Thor versus Superman. Um, ascended Thor. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like he's like he's got the Odin force now because he's like oh, when he becomes Thor. yeah the All Father. Yeah, and so it's kind of like, but then also Superman literally was like one of the first superheroes ever written, so they just gave him every power you could imagine. So it's like broken. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> laser vision he can hear across the universe he like regenerates if he gets he can't die like sun makes him more powerful like i mean like there's all this uh, and there's so much stuff i don't even know that he does so anyway it's fun to have these conversations about who would win in a fight which is the better cinematic versus tv universe um dude if you think our country's divided now just wait till they (laughs) just wait till they do the dcmcu i mean people would fight in the street like they would have to like have different viewings for marvel fans versus dc fans because they would fist fight each other in the theater like and if any of the dc or marvel heroes lose to like the uh, their counterpart or whatever i mean it would just be two movies marvel fan the dc fan (laughs) yeah the one where the marvel heroes win the one where the dc movie heroes win they'd have to make two different ones 
and then and recognize that none of it matters because Superman can take them all by himself. <laughs> I think he had to make that, a stone to make him weaker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I uh, I personally think Deadpool would win. Uh, <laughs> Deadpool would win. Because he would step out of time and just like go kill like whoever wrote about Superman. Just first. like Drago. <laughs> just like Drago. <laughs> he He's transcends perfect. all. Um, so definitely go to the Discord. Tell us about your favorite films from the uh, DC and MCU universes. Tell us about which one you enjoy more. Tell us about your favorite characters and interact with us. But thanks for listening. If you have any comic suggestions, I want to get into comics. And so please drop where to start because I have no idea. There's so much. At the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 1937. First <laughs> Jeez. Goodness. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Hey, everyone. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to check out our Discord channel. That's where you can connect with other nerds of a feather, have fun conversations, and even suggest your own episode ideas. Discord members will be the first to hear about bonus content, including our soon-to-be infamous pre-show and after-show. If you want to get to know us better and create a community with other nerds, check out the link in the description below. Trust me, you do not want to miss it.